This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Uh, this morning, I'm thrilled to have as my guest Dory Clark, who's the author of the very well-known book Reinventing You, as well as a member of the Duke faculty. Uh, Dory, welcome to the program. Richard, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. So, Dory, uh, today I wanted to talk to you about uh, the topic of remote leadership. Um, I think uh, remote leadership is something that's here to stay. And even after this uh, pandemic is over and we all go back to work, I think uh, remote there will be more and more um, remote workers and the leadership of those remote workers will become more important. And my thesis is that... Um, the skills required to be a remote leader are going to be perhaps different or uh, with some overlap, but different than just being a traditional in-person leader. And so I wanted to talk to you about that. And I thought maybe we could just start by just getting your thoughts on that. Uh, what kinds of skills do you see as being you know, really, really important, perhaps more important than just being an traditional leader? Yeah, I think, I think you're really right and really onto something, Richard, in the sense that when you are a leader in a what I will call a traditional work environment where people are in an office, you can actually be slack in certain things. Mm -hmm. For instance, you know, I mean, there's just there's kind of margin built in. And so you don't have to be quite so thoughtful about it. So, for instance, we know we would probably all say that one of the most important aspects of a leader is someone who is thoughtful about building team cohesion. Mm -hmm. And yet a lot of people actually really aren't that thoughtful in practice. They kind of assume, oh, well, you know, people people will run into each other. Oh, that's that's why we constructed the hallways this way. Oh, they'll get together in the break room or they'll they'll just, you know, go out afterwards. And to a certain extent, uh, things do take care of themselves that way. There's uh, there's room for error in terms of a leader not really keeping their eye on the ball for something like that, even though we know that they should. Um, there is no margin for error when you are operating virtually. Most people uh, are not proactively. I mean, we we haven't been trained for this. There's no culture of this. Most people are not going to be like, oh, let's have a virtual cocktail party, just us team members together. Someone is not organically going to say that, at least at this point in, in our cultural evolution. And so as a leader, when we think about how do you connect the team to you and how do you connect the team to each other, you have to really map that out and be be thoughtful about the ways that you are integrating and creating a, a cohesive community uh, in ways that that in person you may not have had to. Well, I totally agree with that. I mean, I can totally see that. I mean, as you said, when you're in a traditional office center, there's so much natural interactions which happen, right, that allow you to do many of those things, which you don't have when you're a remote leader. Yeah, exactly. I, I think of it in many ways as analogous to running a dinner party. You know, we we all um, like to be guests at a great dinner party. Um, but the, the truth is, we've probably also all been to our share where the host maybe has been a little too passive and a little too hands off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, you know, if it's all fantastic people, then sometimes it takes care of itself. But every once in a while, there's the person who just drones on way too long, or, you know, they're, they're a terrible conversationalist. And if you get 
pinned next to them, it's not going to be an enjoyable dinner party for you. Mm. And, and at that point, you need to have the host step up and intervene and say, okay, guys, we're all going to do it this way. Here, let's let's swap seats. Let's Okay, we're going to limit everybody to three minutes with the introduction or whatever it is. You have to be a, a little bit more proactive. Mm. And I think mm. that there's a degree of proactivity that is required for virtual leadership. So let's 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 maybe drill down a little bit on that i like i like that idea what are some of the really specific things that remote leaders should be doing or should be thinking about if either they're doing it for their first time or they're doing you know and they're having to switch from traditional office leadership to remote leadership so i think one of the biggest distinctions is around the the question of how you are connecting with your employees and how you are motivating your employees so if we if we think about the kind of archetypal leadership of the past, uh, you would probably, you know, the vision of the leaders, oh, okay, this person is going to call together an all hands meeting and you get the whole team arrayed around them. And then they give this firebrand impassioned speech that makes everyone understand, oh, this is why we're doing this. And, and everybody moves forward in, in unison. And I think that's the, that's the image that we have in our heads. Well, you know, you can try that on Zoom, but I'm willing to bet it is a lot less effective. Oh, the rousing speech from your bedroom or whatever, and, and everyone else is in their bedroom. I mean, come on, it just it doesn't it doesn't flow the same way when you have uh, as it does when you have the people in the in the room. It's kind of it's kind of the difference between experiencing live theater together and then watching a video on Netflix at home on your laptop. So. You, where where you can excel though, so I mean that's the thing that gets a little bit devalued, the, the leadership skill that gets devalued in a virtual environment. But there is conversely a skill that becomes way more important when you're operating in a, a digital or a virtual environment, and that is the ability to read the room effectively. Uh, it, and I say you know read read the room. I mean you know metaphorically with with your employees, and to connect to them in perhaps smaller and quieter and more deliberate ways. Mm. So for instance, you have a team of however many people, if, if all you do is have large group sessions, hey, how's everybody doing? All right, let's give the pro progress report. That's, that's nice. But what that creates is a kind of competitive atmosphere where everyone is wanting to, oh, I've got to, I've got to pick the shiniest, happiest, you know, best metric and, and share it right now so I can keep up. When in actuality, you are probably going to be having team members, um, especially if you're in the midst of the, you know, the current crisis, who may be having difficulties, whether it's logistical difficulties or emotional difficulties or caregiving difficulties, um, even even in a quote unquote more normal environment. Um, you may have a situation where uh, a team for some reason has hit a setback or they're, you know, things are just not clicking the way that they should. And you're not going to hear about that unless you specifically are vigilant about having one-on-ones with people and unless you create the kind of space where they feel comfortable doing it. Again, there's more there's more leeway, there's more latitude in person because you might hear the buzz in in the the break room or in the elevator or someone might come to you and say hey, you know, I think uh, I think this project is uh, not going as well as it could. You know, it just sort of casually mentioned there's no such thing really in a virtual environment as casually mentioning something so as a leader you have to ask and you have to seek that information out mm. would you be 
look, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. Would it be fair to say that in remote leadership, you know, one-to-one communication is much more important than, say, you know, traditional leadership where, say, public speaking is more important? I mean, is that kind of the point you're trying to go to? Yeah, I think I think that it is. I think that, you know, as as you said, you know, charisma is always a great thing to have. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, why wouldn't you uh, put that on the checklist? Uh, but I think in a in a virtual environment, um, you're just you're not going to get the same results from the, the kind of rousing extrovert leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, the, the specific things that, that one needs to be doing is, um, you know, and again, they're, they're things you probably should be doing as a leader regardless, even if you were in an in-person environment. But it is it is essential to have one on ones with your teams. And also, I will take it one step further, um, encourage even perhaps to the point of mandating that your team members have one on ones with each other, not just about projects, but also just kind of getting to know you sessions so that there's a kind of baseline, especially if you've been onboarding people who may not even know each other, um, so that there's a baseline of comfort and trust so that they can actually operate uh, cohesively together. They may not do that unless you actually say, no, you need to do this. Now, given the importance of one-on-one communication in remote settings, um, do you think that limits the scalability of how much you can lead? Because obviously, you know, it's one thing if you need to have one-to-one communications with, you know, a dozen or a few dozen people, but obviously if you scale that to hundreds or obviously thousands, um, how, what do you think about that? I think that there there are inherent limits, um, but also it's uh, you know it, it sort of begs the question about what a reporting structure was beforehand. I mean, can can you really be leading a hundred or a thousand people yourself um, effectively? in in an uh, in an in-person environment. I mean, you know, certainly if you're a leader of an organization, there are there are layers. But the question is, how many direct reports are you dealing with? Um, I certainly don't think if you're the CEO that you need to be having one-on-ones with every single employee and, and person on the front lines. But uh, if you're if you're say the CEO of a company, do you need to be having one-on-ones to to see what's going on with your you know your COO and your CMO and your uh, your CIO? Yes, I, I think I think for sure that you should. And if that has been a part of your practice that has been uh, slack in the past, it's it's time to get it unslack uh, because you need to know what is happening with the people who are responsible for the results that you're expected to drive. Well, that makes sense. And I guess maybe the point there is, is that the CEO, if you're going to remote a leader, a team remotely, you need to make sure that your lieutenants are also just as in tune with what, you know, you're doing to make sure that it can be, it can reach a broader audience. That's, that's exactly right. I I think if we're looking for broad trends in remote work, just everything has to be more explicit rather than implicit. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in in an office culture, if everybody's there, you can learn lots of things just by looking over people's shoulders and, oh, that's how they do that. Um, Because there's not that that sort of shared workplace where people can observe it, you have to spell out the procedures. You need to spell out the expectations. Uh, And it might feel weird. It might feel a little intrusive or overly particular, but doing that and having clarity at the outset uh, stops a world of downstream problems from emerging. Well, you've touched upon another word that I've now, I'm doing this interview series now for a little while, and another theme that has come up is how 
in remote leadership, this goes to your point earlier about how there's no, um, you know, there's no cushion, there's no margin, is just with setting expectations. Because in remote, you only can, you can, the only way to really understand a person's expectations is to be explicit about it. Whereas in the workplace, you know, there's a lot of like, well, how does this person like it that way? And you sort of get a lot of knowledge about how, for example, your manager, how she likes things or whatever. But in the remote opportunity, you know, you have to be really, really explicit. So setting expectations is so much more important. What, what, do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes. I, I think clarity is key. I mean, you know, ultimately, for instance, something as basic as communication channels, right? Um, you know, oftentimes in an in-person work environment, the communication channel is, oh, well, we have a meeting and we're going to tell each other everything. Um, but it gets a little more uh, complicated when a team is operating from remote, you know, and, and it can create a lot of problems very quickly if half the people are emailing each other and the other half are on Slack or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It literally doesn't even matter which channel you choose as long as you choose one and everyone knows what it is and everybody uses it so that there's not these um, these silos that, that emerge uh, in really undesirable ways. I mean, I'm curious, Richard, what are you seeing? How, how is this playing out for, for you in your own company? Well, I mean, it's I just interviewed actually our CEO and uh, of our company to, to talk to him about it. And, you know, the two things that he's been talking and emphasizing a lot more is, you know, communication and more transparency. And I do think the communication makes a difference because, you know, when you're in a traditional office setting, you, as you said, there's so many other channels to learn about what's going on in the company or the business or whatever. But remotely, oftentimes you don't get any communication or you don't really hear about stuff. So hearing from a leader uh, or a manager, I think is more important. I mean, that's the other thing. I think people tend to get more lost and not feel like they know what's going on. Yes, yes, that's right. You And one of the things that I think is really clear from the world of crisis management, I mean, I used to work in politics. I uh, ran press on a presidential campaign, I consulted on governor's races, Senate races. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, that just gets beaten into you is when there is an absence of information, people are going to derive their own conclusions and they are usually going to be really bad conclusions. <laughs> and if you want to have any hope of controlling the narrative or contextualizing whatever information it is um, so that your people don't jump to the worst uh, possible uh, ideas about it, um, you need to communicate frequently and be very, very clear about, you know, even if you don't have perfect information, even if you know a tiny bit, if you can at least say, here's what we know, here's what we don't know, we will keep you briefed as things emerge, that creates a lot more trust and a lot more reassurance. What do you think about the effectiveness of leaders remotely? I mean, I mean, I guess on one sense, they're pro it's probably never going to be as effective as in-person leadership, or maybe not. I mean, what is your view about that? Do you think you can really be just as effective or close to just as effective? Or do you think there really is a pretty big gap between trying to lead something remotely versus traditional leadership? Well, I, you know, I am someone who actually personally has worked with a virtual assistant for, I would say, close to eight years now. And it's, it's interesting for me to think about this because in, 
in regards to that particular relationship, that has always been virtual. I've actually worked with um, three or four different uh, VAs over that time. So have come up with a lot of policies, a lot of procedures. And I think that what is most important is that somehow you are creating uh, some degree of rapport and trust. But the, the truth is, um, and, and I do think that, that connecting in person is important to that, but I think that a little bit goes a long way. Literally, if you have met the person once or twice, just so that they have a sense of, oh, you know, this is the vibe. This is what they mean. When they say this, they're probably joking because they're a really funny person or, you know, whatever it is to be able to to pick up on the context. Um, I think that that is very helpful so that they know a little bit more about what to expect. But I certainly don't think that you need to be with this person five days a week for, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. Um, You can... Once you have a a sort of baseline where the person sort of knows what they're going to get for literally years at a time, I have been able to have really productive working relationships. And I think it's like that for many leaders. Well, that does bring up a really interesting point, because if that thesis is true, then basically, you know, you could have a remote workforce that, you know, that you might, you know, be in the same office with, I don't know, at the very beginning or one week a year. I mean, it sounds like that's that's how little you need for that person to literally operate remotely for the rest of the time. I I think I think that's true. I mean, you've seen examples of uh, certain companies, and I mean, now they're outliers, you know, companies like Basecamp or like uh, like Automatic, which runs WordPress, um, which I believe are fully distributed uh, virtual organizations and have been doing it for, you know, a decade plus uh, to great success. But um, that has always been, oh, look at, look at this little curiosity. Let's write an article mm. in Inc. Magazine about right, it. Right. Um, I think that more and more, of course, uh, we are going to see post-pandemic that this is becoming far more the norm. Um, there are going to be, of course, some employees that are thrilled to go back to the office and get out from you know, the children and pets underfoot. But there's also going to be a lot of people that suddenly say, look, I actually like this better. I never liked the commute or, oh, I always wanted to be working from my cabin in Maine. And this is proof of concept. Mm -hmm. I have done just fine over the past two months or however long it is. Um, You can't say that I haven't. I've been really responsive. So how can you now force me to come back to the office when I've already showed you and I've already demonstrated Mm -hmm. that this works? I I think that the employers are not really going to have a great leg to stand on in the face of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Um, do you think it's the situation that you know the skills that it takes to be a great leader, let's just sort of put that in a box, um, are the same ones that that are applied to being a remote leader? It's just that they need to be more vigilant, as you talked about earlier. Or do you think it's really going to be a different skill set that's going to make someone successful as a remote leader? I think that in general, the skills to be a good leader are all part of the the same bucket, but there are certain traits that are going to come to the fore as being proportionally more Mm -hmm. essential. Mm -hmm. I will venture that uh, in the future, successful remote leaders are far more likely to be people that are, um, I would say meticulous about uh, 
about mm. scheduling, about uh, process, about yes. keeping the trains moving on time because there's just a lot more to manage cognitively. Yes. And uh, also probably people who have a, uh, you know, I mean, this has always been good, but people who have a high degree of emotional intelligence or EQ mm. um, is the, the idea of the kind of blustery, okay, team, follow me. Uh, it's it's much less effective. And, uh, and so you want someone who's able to be emotionally adaptable mm -hmm. in seeing where people are actually at mm -hmm. and adjusting accordingly in order to get the results that the team needs. Mm -hmm. uh, one, one other thing that I thought might uh, come to fore more with remote leadership is the sort of the introversion, extroversion you know, debate. Um, you know, obviously there are a lot, a lot of great introverted leaders, but you tend to think of leaders as being extroverts. I mean, that's sort of what you sort of think of. Um, but I could see, for example, with remote leadership that, you know, introversion might even be, you know, maybe even be an asset because they don't require that necessarily that in-person thing to be effective. Um, you know, do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I think you raise a really interesting point, Richard. Um, one, certainly, I mean, in the in the first couple of weeks, uh, any anybody who follows social media probably saw a lot of extroverts uh, freaking out <laughs> because mm -hmm. they were not getting their fix of people in the office. Mm -hmm. uh, but the the interesting asterisk, which I have experienced personally as an introvert, and I've I've certainly heard from a lot of colleagues, is that being on video calls all day, the the sort of Mm. Having, you know, having to be always on when the video camera is on, you know, oh, okay, am I looking at the camera? Am I smiling? Am I looking engaged? Um, that is very emotionally wearying. Um, ultimately, introversion, uh, really where that comes from is uh, just biologically, it's about having a different set, set point with regard to stimulation, to, uh, to external stimuli and how quickly they tire you out. And so uh, many people have been saying, well, actually, these video chats have become inordinately tiring. And so I think, I think that there is a role where introverted leaders may increasingly come to the fore and that this may, may be a moment for their skill sets. But I do think it's an open question how video conferencing is going to play into that. I mean, it, you know, clearly that's a, a big thing that we're going to have to deal with. But I, I think that from what I've seen over uh, the early stages of the COVID epidemic, that uh, I think we may be over-indexed on uh, video calls. I mean, I had colleagues who would be on for six or seven hours of meetings a day. And I think we're going to have to figure out new norms regarding that. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you, let's flip it over a little bit and talk to you about um, what, where do you think remote leadership or uh, is going to fall short? Like, or do you think that ultimately everything can be done either just as effectively or, or, and if not, where do you think that, wh what is the gap that is going to be left from, you know, being able to lead remotely versus doing it in person? Well, I think that one of the biggest gaps potentially, if we don't manage it right is the trust gap. And what I mean by that specifically is that you have to have a certain degree of both rapport and trust. You have to like somebody and also feel like, okay, you're on the same team. They are reliable. You are 
confident both in terms of their personal integrity and also their ability to execute. You need to believe all of those things in order to have a kind of long-term mutually beneficial relationship with that person where, you know, if you, if you say to me and it's, you know, Friday night at 6 PM and I'm gathering up my bags, uh, metaphorically and, you know, getting ready to log off and you, and you send me a Slack message, Richard, and you say, Oh my God, Dory, there's this problem. Um, we, uh, we have this report that's due on Monday and all the data got lost and I have to spend all weekend reconstructing it. I really, really need help. Can you help me all day on Saturday? If we have a really good relationship like that with with trust that I that I like you that I feel like we are connected I'm going to be willing to do that. I would do that for you. But if I'm like, you know, who the f is this Richard guy <laughs> and all we've had is a transactional relationship which I think is so easy to have with people online that we don't really know. Right. There's no way that I'm going to go above and beyond. And so as leaders and also as employees, what we have to be thinking about is how can we build deeper bonds and more substantive bonds, um, connect with people. And I think this is really where it is important to do things like, you know, mandating uh, one-on-ones with between your team members or as a leader, organizing a kind of you know, like quote unquote virtual cocktail party where just people are talking about their personal lives. And, um, so you get to know a little bit more, more color and context behind them. Uh, because otherwise, you know, you see how people treat each other on the internet when they don't know each other. Um, that's what we have to avoid. Mm-hmm. I do think one area that's going to fall short is what I'll call the, what, cause what you really lose when you, when you work remotely is that what I'll call micro interactions, you know, that's the, you know, Hey, how's it going? The things that have no friction whatsoever, because the problem with working remotely is that every communication now has some threshold of, you know, that you have to get through and, you know, because making a call for someone or even sending email that takes a certain level of effort that for a communication that's not that important might not rise to the level, but you in the, in the physical environment, you get tons of that because there's literally no friction whatsoever to make that communication. Yes, that's that's exactly right. And uh, you know, Robert Cialdini, the the eminent organizational psychologist, yeah, of course, of course. Um, he we had a conversation once where he was talking about this and and he said, you know, small talk is something that a lot of people deride. Um, but he, he says people do not appreciate how important it is. Mm-hmm. This is how we are greasing the wheels of relationship building and building building trust in small mm-hmm. and subtle ways. We're mm-hmm. um, we're uh, you know sort of testing out the relationship. We're we're finding points of commonality that we can uh, relate to each other better. And when we give that up or we say, "Oh, that's stupid. Why would I bother with that?" We're actually making a quite a big mistake. How about you personally? Are you more the type of person that works totally, you know, more or less perfectly fine remotely? Or are you one that really misses the kind of in office, those kind of interactions? Where would you put yourself on that scale? You know, I've, I've actually been doing okay. I, uh, I grew up as an only child and, uh, uh I'd like to say uh, that that was, that was me cross training for the pandemic. <laughs> 
Right. right. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know what? I, I, I spent, uh, I spent the first like 10 years of my life learning how to, how to occupy myself. And, you know, uh, so, so I'm, I'm in pretty good shape with this emotionally. Uh, mm-hmm. but certainly I have like many people felt zoom fatigue with a, with a lot of, uh, <laughs> video conferences, which I'm having to monitor now. Mm-hmm. Well, how about, the- how about you? Is that um, I'm probably in the middle, I'd say. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable remotely, but you know, now that's been going on for a few weeks, I definitely miss sort of going to the office and having those those com- you know having a lot of that uh, micro interaction, small talk. So uh, you know, I I am looking forward to ending, but I'm not you know pulling my hair out either. Yes. Well, ho- hope hopefully it will uh, it will all be over soon. Although I imagine that uh, per our conversation, there there will be some lasting changes that shake out as well. Definitely, definitely. Well, Dory, I really appreciate your taking the time. It was great, great talking to you. Um, I hope we don't have to talk again during this pandemic, but I'd love to have you on in the future and revisit this topic and really see how this this has really changed our workforce. I appreciate it, Richard. It'll be great to continue the conversation, maybe even in person once <laughs> humans can do that again. All right. Thanks so much. This is Richard Chu and Dory Clark. Thanks. Thanks.